You're listening to the PKJ and Yahweh podcast, where I take the supernatural world around us, connect it to complicated biblical theology, and then try and make it simple for everyone to gain revelation. If you're new to this podcast and would like more information, please go follow me on Instagram at kevin.scott.johnson. And now time for another episode from our apologetic series. Hey, and welcome to another awesome topic. I, 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 that probably sounds pretty uh, <laughs> narcissistic. It's literally just me talking and I'm saying it's awesome. But I'm talking about the Word of God, so hopefully uh, it is awesome to some degree, if that makes sense. But no, there we go. I also hit record on my backup recorder because, man, I, I'm, I'm not a professional. Like, I really like editing video stuff. I like doing artwork. When it comes to audio recording, like, my first experience with audio recording was with um, like a pirated version of Cakewalk Studio that me and my friends downloaded from some sort of like BitTorrent site in the late 90s so we could record our band. Uh, like literally we were in a band, a Seattle band, you know, like Screamo, Emo uh, band did shows around there in Seattle. And, and we set up in my basement all of our instruments and like borrowed all the microphones from church okay from our youth group <laughs> no one's there anyways no one's going to use it and we set up the microphones in the youth that we took the microphones in the youth group but hey we were smart enough to not take the sound booth i mean not, not sound booth, but the soundboard like because you know if you take the soundboard that might be a big deal but we we took the soundboard to other things okay like man i don't know god bless my youth pastors whoever they wherever they wherever they are i know who they are but wherever they are but um with that, we downloaded Cakewalk Studio illegally onto my computer, and then we also uh, used the microphones from my youth group and a soundboard that uh, our friend, uh, our, the leader of the band, so to speak, lead singer, uh, Nathan, uh, that he took, uh, that he found from like Desiree Industries, like Value Village or something like that, a secondhand store, and it worked, and we recorded in my basement straight to there now i had no idea like the whole everything that goes into audio recording all the post editing of course i played with it a lot and i tried to make all these cool effects and everything afterwards but um audio recording is not my cup of tea i do like doing some video stuff but even then i just i like to i like to know enough to do a little bit of everything um and people say like oh jack of all trades master of none but i don't know i heard the rock Dwayne Johnson say like there's another portion to that parable uh, supposedly but anyways I, I like being able to add value where I can add value um, and well hopefully today through the study and through uh, all the podcasts and the books and the reading and the college Bible college and, and, and extracurricular studies I've done hopefully uh, that does add value to you which then equates to hopefully an awesome podcast uh, <laughs> I'll figure out the audio stuff later i was sitting here listening with my headphones on i'm like man why do i what is that hum what is that thing and that now now you're not gonna be able to not hear it i'll try to edit it out but like there's just like electricity you know buzzing in the room i don't even know what that means so anyways uh yeah it's awesome sometimes i hear things other people don't uh but now that's a whole nother discussion i have with my counselor just kidding but today we're talking about really the omniscience about knowing things i'm talking about you know hey i like to know how things work i, I like to understand the, the 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 concept behind it and with that 
talking about what does it mean that God is omniscient, you know, um, this word omni in science, essentially uh, meaning all science, all knowledge, all knowing, right? And so taking a look today at that, but opening up with it, um, I want to tell you a story of Disney World. If you all like Disney World, I don't know. I was my first time experiencing Disney World. I love Disneyland. I mean, my family are like Disneyland nuts, but I experienced Disney uh, world for the first time this last this year uh, with my family it was it was good I really enjoyed going uh, we had a great time God really opened a lot of opportunities through uh, uh, for us um, to really enjoy the time together it was me my wife and kids and then my sister brother-in-law and her kids and then my mom and dad so I mean it was a it was a full trip and my 19 year old daughter got to come along so it's like yes one more trip with her uh, you know before she moves on and is an adult you know parents we just get that weird sentiment feeling but so we're going around and doing things and, and of course we were in Disney World during the last uh the last like two weeks that they were requiring masks like in Florida where no one wears masks and uh there we are and it's the last two weeks of it so we're wearing masks for like gosh had to have been a long time like lots of hours many hours anyway um like like 12 hours a day and because Disney has a has a rule that you have to wear a mask um, when on when on property well when you're staying on a hotel on property and everything you're doing is on property you're wearing a mask so um so there were some obstacles but got to a lot of really fun things and it was exciting i look forward to going to disneyland again um when the opportunity comes up but i'm not in a hurry to get back to a state just like my state here in washington with really strict rules but anyway all that to say while we were in disney world we had uh I, there was this one ride we went on and <laughs> me and my wife almost got into a little argument as we're waiting in the line like we're and i feel like a, like a dummy because i i said something knowing that it probably would invoke some sort of response from her but i didn't really mean exactly what i said at least not to the degree that i'm that i said it like i just i should just not said it like but so this ride is um, the, I, I think it's like the world of tomorrow. Yeah. So the uh, great, big, beautiful tomorrow, you know, and it's looking at, it's looking at all the different assets that the future could bring, you know, self-driving cars and some, some of it's dated, but, um, we went through and, and there were on, in the line, there was these writings all over the wall of, of p different people and kids and whatnot uh, saying how we need to take care of the earth and steward the earth and, and all that. And, I said this statement, I was like, man, to think that God created the earth so fragile that we could actually uh, completely destroy it, I feel like that's, I feel like that's a, a bad concept. And then I was like, as soon as the words left my mouth, I was like, and I really don't know if that's how I meant to communicate it, but I did. And then she's like, don't even, because my wife's, my wife's brilliant. She's smart. She has a, a degree in environmental policy and planning, uh, super smart. I cannot wait to get her on the podcast with me and hopefully they'll be soon and she'll have her own episodes as well uh pretty excited about the content she has to release to you but with that that's a teaser for her with that we were uh, i mentioned that statement to her you know i don't think the lord created the earth so fragile that you know man could really cause lasting damage and she's like that's the problem that everyone in the church that people in the church especially you know christians like have is like they all they, they don't steward the earth right and they think like oh god created it strong enough so we'll do whatever we want we'll throw our mcdonald's bag out the window we'll throw plastic in the ocean and and and, and everything she was saying was true and i was like ah oh, 
crap. I didn't, I did not mean it to come out like that. So I'm really sorry. And, and anyways, all that to say was, um, my wife is brilliant. She is smart. And as we got onto this ride, I'm just like looking at her and I'm like, this is, this is so cool, honey. Like, like, I love you. Like, I'm sorry. Like, this is so cool. Like, I want to take care of the earth. I want to steward the earth. Like, I didn't mean what I said. Like I said, what I said was wrong, (laughs) you know? And it was hilarious as we get on this ride. So it's literally a a boat, kind of like it's a small world. I don't know if you've ever been on it. And you, you go around this little river and it just shows you the world of tomorrow and the, and, and the progress of, you know, farming and agriculture and, um, the impact of mankind on, on the earth, etc. And it's all in a hopeful, you know, we'll, you know, let's, let's plan to be better. Let's not just, you know, use pesticides and kill the earth. Right. And so with that, we're riding this boat. My daughter, Clara says the funniest thing, like, like, I love it. She's like, wow, this ride is, this ride is great. It's just like when your parents say, let's watch a movie and put on a documentary. (laughs) So uh, I was like, that was nice. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, we we were going and we got to this one portion of the ride where there was a biodome and they were growing all kinds. I mean, they had um, all kinds of vegetation, all kinds of uh, food, uh, herbs, uh, plants, um, fruits and vegetables. I mean, you name it, uh, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, land, you know, it was all there, you know, you name it. It was all in there and it was growing at such a great rate because it was a very controlled environment. Um, they had, they had fish and they had, uh, these hydroponic and aquaponic, uh, setups. And it was just, it was so cool. It's everything like my nerd heart wanted to like, okay, I could do this. Let me, let me abandon everything I'm doing right now. And fully know and understand everything about this because that's that's how I do things it's like I, I get excited about something and then I just like that that's all I focus on and and it takes me like literally everything to like slap myself and say get back on track to what you have to do and so we're seeing all this stuff grow and they're like man this food is uh, we actually use this food here in the park it's grown it's served here at the restaurants etc and it was amazing and it reminded me of just how God really has a plan and a purpose and he's intentional in what he does and what he builds in his, in his wisdom. Now, what they can produce inside these little biospheres, um, so to speak, are, is phenomenal. It's an amazing amount of food. Uh, the water uh, requirement for it is incredibly uh, finite. Like, like it does not need as much and it, it's totally like the self-enclosed system. Now, I'm not saying it's better than the Garden of Eden at all by any means whatsoever. But what I'm saying is I love that God's given us creativity and stewardship to be able to produce food and, and anywhere we, anywhere period. And, um, at, at an, at a effective level to steward with what we have. And I think that we could, we could do much better than we do, but it brought me to this topic today of God's omniscience, his all-knowing, his perfect knowledge. And we see there was this project uh, called the Biosphere 2. I don't know if you guys ever saw Biodome, right? That's not what we're talking about. You know, we's in the juice, right? So, but uh, Biosphere 2, uh, which was a project uh, where a research tool, basically, where scientists 
uh, wanted to study the Earth's living systems, allowed scientists to play with farming and innovation in a way that didn't harm, you know, the planet. Uh, one of the most profound discoveries made by uh, the scientists had nothing to do with like a cure for like some disease or or other thing like that. It, it was the fact that the trees inside Biosphere Two grew really rapidly. They actually grew super fast, more rapidly than they did outside the dome. But as soon as they got to uh, that mature that mature level, that height, like full grown height they started to fall over like like the trees would uh start showing these extreme levels of stress in the bark and uh and the weight and the branches and eventually the trees would just fall straight over and they they couldn't explain explain it they just like our roots not what's going on like like what is the deal but without stress would a tree without the stress uh wood a tree can grow quickly but it cannot support itself fully it cannot withstand the normal wear and tear and survive in other words the tree needed some stress in order to thrive in the long run you see if you could stop listening to the podcast right here and that'd be a win right like hopefully you're still listening but essentially god created like the the environment that we're in for a reason because if everything was just easy and and everybody accepted everything and and could be whatever you wanted and there'd be no repercussions like that's not going to produce anything except for uh trees that are going to fall over branches going to fall off like literally like the it's going once it gets to its peak it'll just it's over it's a it's a done story and so what I want to say is today, and as I go through a little bit more of this concept of God's perfect knowledge, understanding that not necessarily everything happens for a reason, like in the concept of, oh, God made that bad thing happen. But when something does happen, God can give reason to it. Does that make sense? We do live in a fallen world. We do live in a world with where there is free will and where sin is rampant and where righteous people are killed and where uh, wicked people live and what's the purpose of that god like why why does this happen and etc we can ask all these questions but the truth remains that god can give purpose to every circumstance that we face because he has perfect knowledge because he is all-knowing he knows the beginning to the end now people will take this and manipulate it and say oh this is a form of uh that th- this is the whole predestination concept this is the whole thing that says you know, uh, why do we even bother? Because God already knows who's going to be saved, who's not going to be saved, who's going to go to hell, who's going to go to heaven. He, God already knew I was going to sin. God, God already knew I was going to sleep with that girl. God already knew I was going to get drunk and beat up uh, that dude and, and, and accidentally kill him. And like, like, so what was I supposed to do? That's just what it was. The, it's the cards I had, and, and that's what I had to play with my life. And and it's so counter uh counter to the truth because people take this concept that god oh god is all knowing so he already knew i was going to be dumb no like like yeah he knew you had the capacity to be dumb what why do you think he sent jesus his son right you know god for god so loved like he had compassion on he had mercy on his creation because he knew we're but dust okay everybody say but dust there we go that's the preacher and me coming out like we are but dust right so he had compassion on us and said i know that they're that they are but dust but i'm going to send my helper. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to be with them as Jesus was a sacrifice for us. The Holy Spirit lives in us and empowers us. But I want to look at this concept of infinite wisdom in omniscience. Okay. Omniscience meaning God is all knowing. It's one of the attributes of God, but not just all knowing in the concept that we've seen it. Oh, he knew I was going to sin before I did. Well, he knew you had the capacity to do so. And if you did choose that path, he knows that you were going to do it. But if you chose not to sin, he also knew that you would overcome. So wait a minute. The 
how does that work? Well, take a look at it. When, when you are in a spaceship, okay, and you're flying into an asteroid field, and you've got C-3PO shouting at you, the odds of surviving this are 735,000 to 1, and, you know, Han Solo's yelling him, never tell me the odds, right? You know, or you've got Commander Data, you know, telling Captain Kirk, you know, like, hey, this, this is our chance of survival. Like, these guys are smart. Okay, like they're they're robots, both of them. You know, they're they're essentially play the same character to some degree, uh, C-3PO and Data, and and the, the, their role is to think through all the avenues, all the potential outcomes. It's kind of like when you think about it in another level. What about Doctor Strange? You know, that's super weird, like where he starts manifesting demons or whatever, like his face starts shaking all over the place, and he's like, I've watched two million episodes of the Kardashians. No, I mean, I've watched two million uh, outcomes, and, and, and uh, until, uh, until we found out how we defeated Thanos, like, how many did we defeat Thanos? There was only one. There can be only one. The new Highlander. I don't know if you guys ever watched that show, but it's good. Um, but yeah, anyway, old so old show. But it's we we got to view God not through the lens of C3PO or Data, uh, Commander Data or Doctor Strange, but through the lens of what he is, not what we are placing on him, okay? Oh, he knew I was going to sin. No, he he knows the outcome of every decision that if you waited to go to the bathroom, uh, and, and until you got to your mom's house because you were going to drive over there, then you would have missed uh, that snowflake, right, that, that you would have hit that would have caused your car to go creaming off the cliff uh, because you were distracted by your phone at that exact second. But he knows that if you also chose to not be distracted, but he knows all the potential scenarios, every single one, and he knows the outcomes of what could happen. Now, that is the grandiose, perfect knowledge that God has. It's not that he knew so you had to do it. It's you had the capacity to make a decision. Now, Deuteronomy 7 says that God chose us, right? And in, in, in the Old Testament, the Israelites were the elect of God, the chosen of God. And so you have this concept of election, divine election, where people say, oh, well, you know, God chooses us, right? And well, I'm going to tell you right now, in the Old Testament, a whole lot of Israelites were worshiping Baal, okay? That's literally like Satan, okay? You want to go into demonology another time? Great. Worshiping Satan, worshiping Baal, worshiping Thor, hello, okay? Zeus, like this is this is the picture we're looking at here, the God of Thunder, like the in a whole other podcast we could make right there. But they are worshiping a divine, semi-divine entity, okay? And I, I bet you, I guarantee you, um, unless they had a change of heart before they died, we don't have Israelites in heaven who were Baal worshipers. It doesn't exist, though they were the elect of God. So does, is God at, at war with himself? Does, is God a liar? No. It, it, you can be chosen by God and you can choose to not respond to his calling. You can choose to walk away from him. You can choose to walk out of your salvation with him. I, I, I'm not going to tell you that once saved, always saved. That's not true. You, or that if I'm going to be saved, I'll get saved. No, that's not true. It is up to your decision. So election and salvation are not synonymous. Uh, but Israelites uh, were and are God's chosen people. But likely the majority of them apostatize. But not just Baal, but other gods. Either you have Baal worshippers in heaven, like I said, uh, which the exiles would argue strongly opposing this, or election is a, is non-synonymous with salvation. 
You can be chosen by God, but you could also not be saved by God. The New Testament covenant, no longer an elect, we're no, no longer elects, but we're believers in Yahweh. There is two separate classes, okay? We have to become believers in God the Father. Circumcision, uh, you know, is, is now of the heart, not necessarily of the body, right? And we become believers of God. Now your belief makes you elect, okay? The nations of Israel in the Old Testament chosen by God in the Deuteronomy 32 worldview, you know, the children of Abraham, they're like, these these are my people. They're, they are set apart for my purposes. I have chosen them, but all the other nations of the people, I have disinherited them to the, to the sons of God, according to the numbers of the sons of God, right? And so you've got these angelic beings that are now are that uh, many of them, you know, abandoned their position that God gave them uh, and they took on worship, you know, of, of, of these people and they became wicked and fallen. And that's why we see, you know, Goliath, Agath coming back up to the scene and all these other Nephilim and where are the, where are the giant bones? <laughs> you know what I mean? But the truth is, uh, we, he separated for himself a people. That doesn't mean that the people that he set out for himself chose him. But they had the capacity to, and anyone who did uh, profess believing faith, acting faith in Yahweh, right, in God, they too could be saved. So, God it does indeed foreknow all things, real and possible. He foreknew all things that happen, and he foreknows all possible events that don't happen. Man, just thinking about that is, is enough you know, to understand this concept a little bit more. But God predestinates events, right? There are ones that he says will happen, but he does not predestinate all events. He certainly does not predestinate events that never happened or else they would have not been predestined, right? He also does not predestinate all events that do happen. Chapter, uh, and, and I want us to take a look at um, 1 Samuel chapter 23, and uh, in the uh, verse 1 through 14 is the story of David, okay? And I'll go ahead and open it up and we can just read that. But in the story of David, he is being pursued by Saul in 1 Samuel 23. And uh, Saul wants to kill him, okay? Like he's done with them. He knows that David is the anointed king. And so he is out to kill him. But David saves the city of uh Kayla. I'm just going to call it Kayla. I, I don't know how to pronounce it any better. But it says, um, verses 1 through 14, Now they told David, Behold, the Philistines are fighting against Kayla, a city, and robbing the threshing floors. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines and save Kayla. Cool. But David's men said to him, Behold, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more if we go to Kayla against the armies of the Philistines. Then David inquired of the Lord again, and the Lord answered him, Arise, go down, arise, go down to Caleb, for I will give the Philistines into your hand. And David and his men went to Caleb and fought with the Philistines and brought away their livestock and struck them with a great blow, so that David saved the inhabitants of Caleb. Verse 6. When Abathar, the son of Ahimelech, had fled to David to Caleb, he had come down with an ephod in his hand. Now 
it was told Saul that David had come to Keilah. And Saul said, God has given him into my hand, for he has shut himself by entering a town that has gates and bars. And Saul summoned all the people to war, to go down to Keilah, to besiege David and his men. Okay, this is where lock in gets in real cool. David knew that Saul was plotting harm against him. And he said to Abathar, the priest, bring the ephod here. Okay. Then David said, O Lord, the God of Israel, your servant has surely heard that Saul seeks to come to Calah to destroy the city on my account. Will the men of Calah surrender me into his hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord, the God of Israel, please tell your servant. He's desperately inquiring of God to get an answer. I want to pause there for a second. How many of us like ask God for an answer and then just keep praying, hoping that we'll verbalize the answer in our prayer? What if we just like held on to the word of God and just said, God, I need an answer and then waited. Anyway, freebie. Go on. And it said, and the Lord said, he will come down. Then David said, Will the men of Calah surrender me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, They will surrender you. Okay, the men will come down. They will surrender you. God's telling David, like, it's over. Men are going to come down. This city's going to surrender you. Verse 13. Then David and his men, who were about 600, arose and departed from Calah. And they went wherever they could go. When Saul was told that David had escaped from Calah, he gave up the expedition. And David remained in the strongholds in the, of, in the wilderness, in, in the hill country of the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul sought him every day, but God did not give him into his hand. So wait a minute, did God just lie here? Is this another divine deception and, and, and uh, you know, uh, lies of, de, lies of dis, uh, righteousness episode? No, it's not. God just audibly as he as david's holding the ephod god audibly tells him if you stay here yes saul's going to come down his men are going to besiege the city attack the city and the city will turn you over to him and he even asked again like let me clarify that's how what's going to happen he's like yes the city will give you up to him okay next chap next next verse david and his men left and saul and his people never came so here we see that our action can transform our outcome. When we hear the word of God, when we hear his, the uh, you know, a preacher might be preaching, we might be reading the Bible, we might be studying, we might be praying, we might be listening to that still small voice, that Holy Spirit, and we hear the word of God, it is our opportunity to partner with it, to partner with the wisdom. So what, what, what should have David done? said, well... God said that uh, Saul's going to come down. He's going to take over the city and, and besiege it and take us into captivity. Sorry, guys. Might as well uh, go hit up In-N-Out Burger, you know, real quick before we uh, are stuck because that's just what's going to happen because God said it. No, he took the information that God provided him with saying that this is the outcome. If if you, And he didn't give him the variable saying, if you stay here, this is the outcome. He said this is the outcome. He knew the variable was that he was in that city. So he left the city and Saul never came. The destruction of that city never came. It, the city didn't turn David and his men over to Saul because he removed himself. He took the information he had to make a decision which changed the outcome. 
So if you believe that, oh, all the bad things that happen in my life and, and everything that keeps coming, that's just my life. That's just karma. That's just, that's just what I got to deal with. That's what God's, that's what God's given me. No, wake up, like take action with the wisdom you have, like, like be about the business of God and don't just lay back. You know, God foreknows all events. God foreknows events that never happened. Therefore, the fact that God foreknows and does an event and doesn't uh, require that it will come to pass, like that's crazy. Like just because he knows something doesn't mean it has to happen. It's kind of like when you're when you tell your kid going in the kitchen, "Hey, careful! I'm cooking on the. I got something cooking on the stove." You equip them with the information, but what they do with that information is up to them. They could they could then walk in the kitchen, hit the hit the pot and boiling water fall all over them. You'd be like, well, I did try to equip you with the information. Or, I mean, do you see the kind of the parallel I'm trying to make here? Uh, that there's no cause and effect relationship between foreknowledge and predestination. Just because you know the, that something is likely to happen does not mean that it does. How many of us gone on a long road trip and you're like, oh man, I... I just, I hope those tires hold up. I hope, I hope, I hope I don't, you know, didn't have to get them replaced. You know, I hope, hope we'll be okay. And, and lo and behold, bang, you have a blowout. It's like, man, I knew the tire was going to blow out. Like true stories. Okay. But like, what about other times when we're like, man, I just really hope like, man, I just, I feel like something not, it, you know, we're going to get there and our reservation, like, I just not sure if it's going to work out. And then, and, but you get there and then everything pans out. Okay. It's like, just because you know, something doesn't mean it's always going to be the outcome of what happens. Uh, a related uh, example here is, is God foreknows all events. Some of those events actually happen. Therefore, God foreknows events that actually do happen. And we know that in 1 Samuel 23, that the fact that God's foreknowledge of an event did not mean the event had to happen. Therefore, if God foreknows an event that does happen, we cannot conclude that event was predestinated to happen just because God foreknew it. Just because something happens doesn't mean that God meant it or intended it to happen. You think God meant for David to be captured by Saul? David was the anointed king. That wasn't his plan for the city to get destroyed and for David to be turned over. God has anointed him as king by his Holy Spirit and the prophet Samuel. Okay, like take a heifer with you, right? Remember listening to that episode, Lies of Righteousness? Okay, it was in there. There is a purpose here. Just be, if he would have stuck around and got captured and blamed God, he would have been a fool. No, God gave him information to work with. God may have predestinated events that actually happen, but he, he also may not have, okay? There is no necessary link between foreknowledge and predestination. We don't know if an event that happens was predestinated on the basis of God's foreknowing it. God would have to tell us that he predestinated an event for us to be sure that he did. Scripture does not tell us God predestinates. Scripture does tell us, sorry, that God predestinates some events. You see, the entrance of sin into the world were foreknown by God. That doesn't mean that he predestinated sin's occurrence. Sin's entrance into the world and all it all acts of evil exist because of humans and divine beings have free will. Free will, freedom, freedom to make choices between alternatives, including alternatives that God would not be pleased with. It's an attribute humans share with God, okay? That a choice of free will. God chooses to use his will righteously. Praise God. Since we are God, since we are God's imagers, his representatives on earth to be 
steward kings over the earth. We must have this, this ability. If there is no free will, there is no imaging of God. To remove free will from us would be to undo our status as imagers. It would be taking away the imaging status given to us, all humans, by God himself. Freedom and, image, and imaging are inseparably linked. It is foundational to our being like God. And just so you know, a couple of these snippets here towards the end of this podcast are, are just some highlights I've grabbed from uh, Dr. Heiser's work in the unseen realm. And I want to, and, and as well as some of his podcasts. And so if you want more information, you want to know what's my source, you know, like I've talked about in the translations episode primary sources, secondary sources. I'm, I'm trying to do as much primary source context as I can, going straight to the word, understanding it for myself. But I want to encourage you all, uh, some of the stuff that I also bring to you is is from a secondary study. So like I'll be reading what Dr. Hydra has to say, what Dr. Michael Brown has to say, what uh, Nathan Finocchio has to say, and, and, and all these other uh, I mean, I don't think Nathan Minocci is a scholar, but, uh, you know, like, and, and even my pastor. And so it's stuff that I've, you know, ruminated on and pressed and, and, and regurgitating to you. If you want to go to the source, okay, like the theologians, the, the, the real stuff, man, like check out the Naked Bible podcast. Go go straight to them. Uh, go look at Blurry Creatures podcast. I mean, like, they're, not everything on there is like 100% biblically based, but they're giving a platform for con- uh, for concepts and ideas to be presented so check them out but you see in this concept of god's perfect uh knowledge his perfect wisdom and he knows that all things could be but he doesn't cause all things to happen okay since adam and eve were uh were created beings and not god they were lesser beings they lacked omnipotence and omniscience and wisdom to the degree that god has them since they were not god it is plausible for them to use their freedom to make a choice that was not what God would make. When tempted, they did so, and, and Eve fell, right? So what am I all saying here? I just want to encourage you. I don't want to I don't want to take it too much longer on this podcast, but when we think of what is the omniscience of God, predestination, man, er, uh, everyone that's going to go to heaven will eventually go to heaven, and everyone that's going to go to hell is going to go to hell. No, that idea is from hell, okay? God knows and desires that all people might know him that everyone might be healed, that all might live, right? He came so all might find life, all might have right standing with God. His blood covers all of our sins that could ever be made. So I want to encourage us, when we're feeling all beat up, we're feeling like self, you know, like, like confused, like, God, why are you allowing this stuff to happen? Be like, all right, Lord, well, what's the information you're equipping me with to make a change? You might not be saying, now, David, get up and leave the city so Saul can't find you. God trusted you're not stupid, okay? If you are being regularly oppressed by a, cert- by, by a situation and God's talked to you about it, you might need to take the information you have, think critically, not critical theory, uh, erase theory, like think critically and decide what your next step is. God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to follow you. I know you've anointed me to be king. And if I stay here, that's not going to happen. So I need to remove myself from this situation. I need to go another direction. I need to pivot. I need to leave the job I'm at and go somewhere else. Now, don't just, you know, get distracted by, you know, ADD or whatever. Like, oh, my job's boring. No, like, like, hold on. Okay. But like, 
trust God, follow him. What is he leading you to do? And what he might be leading you is an exposing of the potential if you remain where you are. So did he predestine that your boss would suck? No. Did he know that your boss might suck? Maybe. Did he predestine that you'll have a terrible teacher at school? No. Did, 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 can he allow that to develop character in you that will help you overcome other situations when people are nasty and rude? Absolutely. How can you partner with the perfect wisdom, the perfect knowledge, knowing every single outcome of God and apply it to your life? But with that, that's all I have for this session. I hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, you'd like to go in deeper, maybe you'd like to be a guest on the show at some point and talk about either some of these theological points for any of the apologetics topics, or you'd like to circle back to more of the uh, more of the fringy type stuff, you know, the aliens, the Nephilim, the you know, all this other kind of fun stuff, you know, and just don't get, don't let it get your eyes off of Jesus. The centrality of and the sufficiency of Jesus Christ and the cross and the ministry of reconciliation that we have to reconcile all mankind unto Jesus Christ. That That is the purpose. That is the goal. If you start getting distracted and put off to something else, then lay it to the side. But other than that, thank you all for checking it out, and we'll see you on the next time. God bless. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like more information about the show, Kevin's work, or you have questions or would like to be a guest on this podcast, please reach out to me directly on my Instagram at kevin.scott.johnson. I look forward to hearing from you. God bless.